Welcome along to Scoreline Extra. As always on Scoreline Extra, we feature a diverse range of interviews across multiple different sports. On this week's episode, you can hear from three-time All-Ireland winning manager Cyril Farrell on the future of Galway hurling. Kilkenny minor manager Richie Mulrooney reflects on a disappointing defeat for his side against Galway on Friday night. Mark Fiore on Aerogues' victory over Rathvilly. Bernard O'Mara of Bagnallstown Cricket Club chats about the upcoming initiative to get more women and girls involved in the sport. The man behind GEA Statsman, Matthew Hurley, discusses getting involved in GEA through online platforms. Foot Golf Player Development Officer John Cleary on the growing of the sport in Kilkenny and beyond. And Formula Woman candidate and Carlo Woman Kelsey Kirby on her hopes getting into motorsport. But we're going to go to Kilkenny manager Richie Mulrooney, who is looking back on the loss against Galway. Richie Mulrooney, commiserations. Richie, to be honest, you didn't really get going tonight and in the end Galway finished up the better team. No, just really disappointed, Brendan. Um, it was just a very flat performance, no point in saying anything else. Um, and everybody's devastated, players, management, a whole lot of us, because as you saw um, just a couple of weeks ago uh, in the 2020 final, um, several of the players that played tonight were playing there and um, we just didn't perform tonight like we like we wanted to perform um, but look at that one match isn't going to define those players because I've seen them um, all up along and winning the Leinster Championship and coming so close some of them just three weeks ago in the 2020 final um, I think I'm certain that there's a very bright future for quite a number of those players and for all of them with their clubs obviously um, which is the first and most important thing but look, it's, it's, it is very hard to um, even talk to you because it's just... Um, you put a lot into this. Yeah, we sure look at, like, like, like any group of players, like any management, we, we put everything into this, but um, we, were just well, we were just well beaten tonight. And um, coming up, I thought it was going to be absolutely a 50-50 game. Yeah. Um, and you got the ideal start in the second half. You got a lovely goal. We did, and brought us back into it. I think we got it back to two points. Yeah. Um, First half, when we gathered at half time, you know, we were 12 6 down, but uh, the wide count was 7 2, 7 2 us, and we had within those seven, um, we had also been unlucky not to get two goals. Correct. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it now shows we needed those, but you know, when I just thought we were getting right back into this and heading towards the water break in the third quarter, Galway just tagged on a couple of points, and that seemed to just knock the stuffing out of our lads. But look at just have to dust ourselves down, and um, I know I know the character that's in those fellas, and they will come they will come back stronger in the future, and and victories in the future in that Kilkenny jersey will be far more sweeter for them because of tonight's disappointment. But look, as the manager, I'm just terribly disappointed for for everybody and for Kilkenny supporters as well. We were we were hoping to get to the other and final, but we came up very short tonight. Yeah, and Richie, just to go back to Carlo a few weeks ago, I did say to you, and you spoke at length about it. We mentioned about the, the age group for minor, and you said how mature the lads are for two weeks ago, say 18 year olds. And here we are, and I did say to you, you could play Galway tonight and lose by five or six, play them next week and win by five or six. The underage thing, and I know it's not a night probably to talk about it, but would you be in favour of going back to 18, or would you be in favour of leaving as it is? I've always, I've always been in favour that it, that it would be 18. The lads are mm-hmm. able to cope better with the pressure of They're it. Juvenile, really. They are, yeah. Now, look at you could say it's not affecting Galway. No. But, um, like this is my fourth year now 
Brendan and just the four years we've just found Galway to be just too strong yeah. and everybody else has found them to be too strong as well now yeah. I know they have to play Cork uh, next week and that'll be a cracker of a match but you know it's not as if we haven't been doing well against the monster teams in the All-Ireland round robin and the All-Ireland semi-finals we have over, over the last four years but Galway just seem to have a march on everybody and um, a massive pick as well yeah they, I know they have but um, just they, 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 they outhurled us and yeah. we just have to accept that I think, that's, I think there could be nine matches at underage level at this level now Galway Kilkenny and in the past Kilkenny used to put away Galway all the time yeah, so other teams have stepped up and I think other teams in Leinster have now to step up also yeah absolutely um, yeah they sure have but um, look it's just on the night that's in it um, just congratulations to Galway and um, we just have to lick our wounds, but it's it, 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 this is a tough defeat. I say it's the toughest defeat I've been involved in. Yeah, I can see that in your Well, listen, I want to lay you. Thanks very much, and Thanks for working along with during the year. Commiserations on the result. I know a wise man said to me one time, "You lose a hell of a lot more in sport than you win." But in fairness, you've won a fair bit as well, and I'm sure you'll win more. As you said, and these lads, we wish them well with their clubs and coming back to play with the county in the future as well. Absolutely. Well done and a great effort. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Thanks Richie. Much. Good man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I Sean Walsh, uh, great night for Galway. Another final on the way next weekend and done it in style. Yeah, look, at it, I suppose we don't appreciate what's happening here in a way, right, it's minor, but Galway have won the last four All-Ireland minor crowns. That's unprecedented for a team from the West of Ireland. We've now got into a fifth final in a row. This team probably would have been a bit unheralded at home, uh, Brendan, in the sense that they were mixing with the last year's team. Their preparation wasn't as good in terms of longevity as other teams. But the one thing they have is a great honesty and a great belief. And there's a belief in those younger lads in Galway now that you can match or be as good as. Now, look at go on to the final you're playing a Cork team that are exceptional, right? Whether you win it or not, you're bringing through a crop of players now a, f- a fifth minor team through and as Sir Farrell and Niall were saying here on Galway BFM on the commentary how do you now unlock this talent that's coming through because the honesty of effort here I think this team might be lacking the big name stars or whatever but once they got a grip on the game they were very impressive now two things I thought number one they didn't have a game coming in the Kilkenny had two games right Kilkenny I know the likes of Harry Shine from Dixborough from Fela games they are class hurlers John went 11 probably his right position at the end of the game whatever but God with no game so they were feeling their way through it I thought Kilkenny tactically by giving a sweeper to Galway in the first half, helped Galway settle into the game. But what I was really impressed with, when Galway conceded the goal, they came back, I think they got four out of the next five points, Brendan, and finished impressively. Yeah, and the other thing, Galway led it first quarter, led it half-time, second quarter, and led it full-time. Kilkenny never led in the game. Well, I wouldn't mind leading at any time, but at the final, this is the one that you do. But look, there there was a performance in Galway that I thought grew. I thought a lot of lads grew as the game went on. Um, you know, defensively, there's one or two lads out of that panel through injury and everything like that. But defensively, the way they set up, they grew into the game. Now, look at it's still an All-Ireland semi-final. What I have seen of Cork, they're on a different level to, to the rest of the minor teams because they seem to have adopted an academy system down there where they've done a huge, huge amount of work uh, over the last two years. Galway and Cork played in the under-15 Arabon final two years ago out the road in Nina here right there was two points in it but the work that Cork have done since then Galway played Cork in a challenge in May 
they were like men against boys that destroyed Galway 22 points on the night so they have done the work in the meantime can Galway bridge that gap look at it's good to be there Sean seven years I think now at this level since Kilkenny have beaten Galway I think nine matches in total that's some record for Galway because you always looked up to Kilkenny and say what do you oh, they are the, and they are the standard bearers and even the respect we have as, as Cyril will tell you even in the last few minutes we were expecting something to happen you know a goal or whatever to come into the game but I think look at in minor Galway have got two or three games each year now Brendan which is crucial this year is the, the last two years have been impacted by COVID it's the old system if you like and Cyril knows all about that coming in at All-Ireland semi-final stage it's very hard to get that right against teams that have played the games but when Galway teams get games it is huge now look at there is a big blockage right from minor and 20 to senior we know yeah. that but that is now beholden on the powers that be in Galway and the vested interests in Galway to get together and work out how do you bring this talent because I keep saying this it's like a cake it's like ingredients you have the ingredients but now you need to mix it you need to bake it you need to prepare it to bring these guys through to senior level the last man I heard saying that was Edward Cody and now Carlo beat Westmead into Christy Ring in 2008 he spoke about a the cake for 8 <laughs> minutes as well um, just before I do speak to Cyril Farrell yeah. uh, got up a minor team you have a fine goalkeeper there as well must take after the mother yeah takes after the mother yeah she was a goalie as well yeah. so I leave it at that ok Sean thanks a minute Cyril no, Farrell uh, you're happy for Galway tonight happy with that imp- impressive performance yeah because as Sean said there like at home this team wouldn't have been rated if you know what I mean they were, they were talking about the other teams when you have one like you know and to even to get into five all-irons in a row I, I think it's unbelievable and Brian Henley has been a, have done a fantastic job but like their, their work rate and their kind of their hooking and their blocking and kind of their enthusiasm to for the ball and as the game went on they got stronger and stronger and stronger now Kilkenny always looked dangerous and early on like we got a few lucky breaks Kilkenny could have got a goal or two great free taker yeah very very natural his father was a, was a natural he was rich he used to play in goals but he was playing anywhere forward more and he was a natural free taker the lad is the very same you know he'd give you the feeling going to the free that he's going to score it which is a yeah. great feeling to have yeah. you know and, and he's, he nailed a few vital frees that we needed when Kilkenny came right back into it but the work rate like the long ball the high ball okay if Kilkenny backs got going to the team but when they didn't it was breaking and like when the ball breaks down say 20 or 14 years of Kilkenny goal even getting it it's a long way back yeah. up to work it yeah. and like uh, <coughs> Galway seemed to have that done the whole time but as it went on they really got into it like the full back was brilliant uh, t- I saw Tarpey in, 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 yeah. what, in the fail his Turlock Moorlands are taking yeah, over he, he, he won a great fail in all that yeah. fellow, you know, and a few more of them Gil as it went on like and their left hand the biggest compliment I could play to Gil was he reminded me would you believe a young JJ today when I saw him yeah. first coming kind of in college you know that kind of yeah. left in the top but as the game went on he, got, he was on a very good hurler yeah. but as the game went on he kind of got on top ball was bypassing midfield but even the likes of Michal Power who's not a fancy hurler but kind of strong and might, might do wrong things at the time but the work rate and commitment you couldn't question I'd say Brian Henley just saying to Sean here that was probably the best yeah. victory of a minor team of all because this team wouldn't be really kind of rated as a so-called there's no kind of real kind of so-called yeah. stars in it but you could get as many from this team you know, as as a, as a, say as a winning team, but by the same token, now with Kilkenny, they'll get as many mm. out of that for senior as we will, because they're getting them through whatever is happening. Go, there's there's a, there's a clog between say minor to under twenty one going okay, club thing is very strong in Galway, but then with the seniors, whatever through no one's fault, but they'd have to look at there's something there's a disconnect between the whole lot. Someone needs to pull the whole lot together and get the whole lot working together. Okay, and before I let you go, Sir and Sean, um, the senior All Ireland coming up in a few weeks' time. I know you have to deal with Cork now in the minor here next week, but I heard you saying earlier on off you give Cork a chance because they've plenty of pace Limerick are the team to beat but you give Cork a good chance in the I, final yeah like to have the pace and to work off the shoulder and to come very deep like you know and the, like the last time they met like uh, Pat, Pat Hawker missed a penalty before half time when I say miss usually he'd stick it and they got Limerick got two goals but but 
but Limerick weren't as far as Vance as they are now. Like they're very physical, very strong. They kind of give these 20 or 30 yard passes with the hurl. If they get the first one right, they get the second or third one right because they'll come in trees, kind of go in a triangle. Whereas Cork, well, like they're lovely stick men, but they're given a short or the hand pass off the shoulder. I expect a contrast in the styles. I expect, I expect Limerick to shove up and the Cork mm-hmm. puck out. I don't think they're going to let them kind of puck it short and then work it through. And I expect Limerick to be asking the, go- the referee you start the, the game with, with, a, with a whistle because what was happening yeah. the last one was if a Kilkenny lad went through and got a wider a point the, up, the ref yeah. never it was like a seven aside the goal just put out another ball so if the, if the wing forward could through and the wing back didn't bother his Barney going after him he was abroad for the puck out in his own like more or less like seven aside I think Limerick could be saying oh, hey hold on a minute now it's a game of hurling we have Blow the, the ref restarts you're the boss you restart it not the goal you kind of puck out as fast as you can to, kind of to settle down let's give everyone a chance to the ball Cork are very quick on that puck out like, now that's what they like to do especially when you get a score bang straight away like, uh, but you'd wonder like Kilkenny were still getting scores like you know and even the scoring game before that high scoring you'd wonder at times with the modern game where the backs are yeah, yeah. they pull back the six points yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you know and even both sets of four like you know the other games you're terrible high school, yeah, great games lovely to look at all scores scores and then as an old man in the paper shot said to me at home certainly said where are the backs yeah. Yeah. like that's the question you know what I mean you'd have to ask now look at it's a modern game the wing backs are overlapping they're creating space but I, I see the likes of Kyle Hayes running up the pitch uh, you know uh, Colm Lyes running up the pitch I'd often say well okay the, the fours might be able to catch them what about a back coming out and hit him and rattle like you know there's nothing wrong with that and, and, and stop the goal like don't have him through for a goal anyway like but that's the modern game but tonight now Galway went back to how would you say yeah, old style old style yeah. Sean's letting goals pucked it long most of the time bypass midfield bypass the half back line when he could and okay if the full back line or centre back caught it or going to clear it but the one that didn't get, get yeah. catch clear Galway got a terrible lot of scores and freeze over that kind of because I don't think teams are used to it and I I make a prediction now a county that sets up with three in the full forward line three good players and let the ball in they could do terrible damage yeah. because most of the full back lines at the moment are used to having three in there on two or maybe yeah, one and a half if you know what I mean yeah. like there's, there's a lead in front and they're, they're being protected all over the place the backs so they, they have a lo- there's like a holiday yeah. they have a ho- lovely time so the team that kind of throws a little bit goes a different game plan throws a bit of caution to win and attacks set up that you let the ball in maybe none of the no, maybe not, not they're working the ball through the lines now and it breaks down if it does break down you might be turned over and then there's rooks but the team that, that gets a shot in from say a wing back and goes straight to the full back line bypass the half back line bypass midfield and get in on three versus three be interested to see what happens if you have three good lads in there I think they could go to town because the full back lines aren't used to marking no. three now anymore they're kind of one one, like yeah. that's what you want in there you know so the next day it'll be interesting I expect like like the last day with, with Kilkenny and Cork Horgan got in there one and one a lot of the time I don't think the Limerick full back line will come out they, they'll have three back there and let someone else do the tracking from, from out the field and have it kind of physical so, back there so in a nutshell is the McCarthy Cup going to the Shannon side or is it going to Lee side it's probably going like I suppose for, for, all, for all those other counties if it went, if it went to, the, to, to the Lee side to give everyone a chance and say well maybe we'll be able to do it Limerick are getting stronger if they win this one and they look like winning it yeah. they're, they're getting stronger they are a good side like, and if they win if they win and, and they should win if they win they're proved themselves a very good side you agree with that Sean? I do I think the way, like, there's two things I think it comes down to I think Limerick went after the Cork puck out in that first championship game we talked to Galway played Cork in the last league game down in Park Kiev and they do have difficulties winning primary ball on puck outs Limerick are the one team that are equipped to go after that I think that's one thing but the caveat I have and I even go back to the league game in Salt Hill 
Limerick are giving up goal chances this year. Watford had four. Yeah. Uh, everyone that has played them has got it's goal just, chances, yeah. but no one yet has taken them. Now Cork Might. are going for goals and get them. Yeah. But and I, have scored a good few. And have scored a goal. Yeah, you know. So I look at I still see Limerick. Yeah. Kieran Kingston after that match in some interview he said, "Day Cork missed one nineteen. Oh, that's mm. a terrible lot. He's, so they must have had a terrible yeah. lot of ball, like you know, yeah. more than I thought they had. But like after saying that Limerick wouldn't be as tuned that they're they're they're, yeah. they're ready for an All Ireland. All Ireland tuning is a bit different to the early on in the Championship. Like, Certainly you know. is. Well, listen, lads, great to see you tonight. Well done thanks. in Galway Miners, and Thank we you. wish you well in the final next weekend. And uh, thanks for having a chat. Great no to problem. See you. No good, as good, as well as good, good to be That old hair is getting scarce. That was the post-match from Kilkenny versus Galway in the minor semi-final. Unfortunate there for Kilkenny. Now we're going to go to someone who was very fortunate. He got man of the match for Aerog over their victory against Rathvilly. Not just last week, ending the 2020 Championship. It's Mark Fury. Mark Fury, congratulations. Man of the match in Aerog versus Rathvilly. And four in a row for Aerog, so well done. Cheers, Brennan. Yeah, that was a good win. Now we're happy enough to come home with four in a row. So, I suppose we've put the head down now and hopefully drive for five is on in the next couple of weeks anyway. So, no rest, no rest for the wicket. No, no, we kind of enjoyed a couple of days off and everyone kind of we took the week and enjoyed it. So, get back to work now, Tuesday night, and hopefully we'll be pushing on then for for a bit of our, our own history in the club. Please, God. Yeah, because uh, with the Leinster Championship coming up as well, I'm lucky, um, we can say last year, because it was 2019, before this county final spread to Ballyboden, only losing by a point in Port Leash. But uh, a rug with a good record in that competition. And, and for yourself on a personal level, uh, involved with the inter-county team this year as well, so you're getting lots of experience at the moment. Yeah, it was um, it was a tough year of, kind of for myself personally. I picked up a, a couple of injuries there, but thankfully, after coming out on the right end of it anyway, and we had a, had a good game last week, so I'm happy enough with that. But... Going forward now, uh, we'll be hopefully looking to keep everyone injury-free. We're kind of waiting on. We're back from Richie Mander. He picked up a, a bit of a knock before the game, so hopefully he'll be OK going forward. And We'll be pushing in for hopefully the 2021 Championship and then maybe might look a bit further then after that. But uh, at the minute, all, all everything is gearing towards the Carlo Championship. Does it feel a little bit strange, the 2020 Championship just over and you're straight into a 2021 Championship? And I know it's the same everywhere, but that's the COVID has, has, has everybody in that situation. But it must be strange. The good thing about it is you haven't got a big long break. You're going from one regime into the other and you're going in as county champion. So there's a bit of a pep in the step, I suppose. There is, yeah. It's, kind of, it's hard to try to wind down in the meantime, but we don't get, uh, we don't get the long break we usually get. But uh, I suppose it does keep lads on their toes and... and we know that the lads that say didn't get a game last week, they're chomping at the bit now to get in and try prove a point. You've seen it there. Colm Hulton came on and he kicked four unbelievable scores. And the lads that are starting now, they'll be knowing this this man's going to be gunning to get on the field. So everyone's, they're kind of took their couple of days and they're already back working again. So hopefully you will. We'll be there, thereabouts this year, please God. Okay, you've a fine, big, strong panel as well, and Joe's a local who has a great track record himself as a player with Aerog, your manager, and as a player and a manager, as I've said, now with the four in a row, and unlucky, as I said, in that Leinster Championship. So that's water under the bridge, and so onwards and upwards, and then, as you've said, you're looking forward to this championship. And it will be competitive because Radville won the league, they give you a fair old rattle in the county final, and other clubs will be hoping to dethrone Aerog as well because success brings on a little bit of we don't need them lads winning all the time. So you have a big panel up there, and you have a little bit of an advantage I suppose I suppose we do We and the, 
I suppose the great thing is everyone is everyone's pushing each other on. Like even say when you had the likes of Richie Mann there got hurt in the warm up with Calvin Chatton to come in and he was in my eyes he's one of the men there that could have got man of the match as well, you know. So it does drive lads on and as you said it's it is an advantage to have such a good panel but again we're kind of only as good as our weakest link so with everyone everyone really to be back in the gym now this week and back doing everything off the field which is the the main thing is not just what's done on the field Joel work us hard when we're on the field and you have Floss there as well the S&C coach and Damer and Brino as well two, two uh, football coaches you know so we work hard on the field but lads are working just as hard off the field and that's the, the big thing for us we really need to keep to try step it up another gear now and hopefully we'll be pushing on then and and do well this year, please God. Does this all stem from your great days when we were involved with charity Banished Door when you were under 14? And the other thing as well, are you, not, are you still involved in other sports? I know you were a karate champion and all your family you were very good at national and, and local level. Are you still doing a bit of karate or are you finished that as a purely Gaelic football now for Aero and Carlo? It's purely football now at the minute. Um, I suppose looking back, at the time there wasn't, there was no karate in the Olympics or anything like that, so that could have been a goal. We kind of uh, I won't say I hit my targets with, it, with the karate but I kind of achieved what I wanted to achieve and it was uh, I kind of got stuck into the football lane and the goal was to at the time was to win one championship then it was hopefully win two in a row and as exactly play for the county and kind of goals changed and now we're hopefully looking to win five in a row and possibly push on for Leinster but with the karate at the time the the goal was to win world titles and get the black belt and I got both of them so it is a regret kind of giving it up but I suppose I, I don't want to look too much back on it because I don't want to regret too much either but I would love to keep it going but it's hard to try find a balance between both so it's only football now at the minute so. Okay well listen well done on a great career from a great Carlo sporting family and well done on the county final last week and in particular on your man of the match performance Mark and well done we heard of the Fury Brothers and Davey Arthur so when Johnny joins on that team as well we'll have the Fury Brothers back so well done <laughs> Cheers Brennan looking forward to that one anyway thanks a million Thanks Congratulations to Airog and commiserations to Rathvilly. Next up, it's Bruno O'Mara of Bagnallstown Cricket Club. What's been fantastic over the past few months um, is that uh, five of the six clubs that are under my remit um, have started women and girls sections and they've been playing games, uh, which is great to see. So we're looking to try and include Bagnallstown uh, in on that um, because, yeah, so that. Uh, one of the things that's really great is because there's other teams locally that are able to play. Uh, Clickenny have a club. Uh, uh, Leash uh, also have a women's section, uh, as well as Carlo having a women's section. So because of that, they're able to play local games against each other. And I think that's a great advantage because in years previous, they might have had that opportunity to actually play against local sides. So that's one of the really good things that, that can come about uh, as a result of this. Uh, as well as that, uh, the reason that Magnuson are looking to do this is that they have some young girls that are in their youth section and they want to try and keep them involved just past, you know, uh, under 11s and under 13s, you know, so that they keep uh, in the game, uh, which is something uh, which is really important. And then finally, I mean, look, it's 2021. Um, I think every sport should be trying to get women and girls involved in cricket because it's just the right thing to do um, so that uh, everyone has a chance to be able to play sports and that's what uh, Bagnallstown are looking to try and do also. 
And from like an Irish point of view, as in, in general, I know that you particularly deal with Leinster, but I'm imagining that you're probably liaisoning with different uh, people in different parts of Ireland and you might be more aware of it. But how was participation levels then? Because it sounds quite encouraging when we're talking to Eilish Rourke in regards to Carlow Cricket Club, what they have coming up in their calendar, what they have done already. So participation levels for females in cricket in particular, how has it been amongst young girls? Yes, it's certainly improving. As I said, look... Um at the end of, say, 2020 season, only one club really uh, in, say, the Midlands region would have done any women's cricket. would have been Carlo Cricket Club, and it's great to see that they are continuing to progress. So, um, you know, since during this season, during 2021, that, you know, four of the clubs have started uh, women's sections also, which include Kilkenny, which include uh, Mullingar, which includes Athlone also, and Leeds Cricket Club. So it's great to see that uh, you know clubs are willing to have women as part of their uh, as part of their sections, um, and yeah, no, we're just looking to try to get Bagnallstown involved in that also. But um, no, it's great to see that uh, just participation overall in youth and also in, in, in girls and women's cricket is is improving. We've recently heard from Carlow Cricket Club that they held their first ever summer camp. Do you think these little initiatives uh, like summer camps and like the cricket taster and stuff? Um, they're key to attracting more people to the sport obviously obviously there's the fun aspect of it as well but from a a, a cricket you might bring in X amount of people and only keep a percentage of them but at least you're still bringing people onto the pitch and you're putting a bat in their hand Absolutely Um, yeah I was part of doing the uh, summer camp in uh, Carlow Cricket Club Um, and I think it's something that's really uh, progressive for the Midlands area where a club like Carlo is able to put on a cricket summer camp. Um, there wouldn't have been really ones done like that previously. So it's really encouraging to see that, that look, there's enough numbers for young kids to be able to play their sport of choice and that they have uh, other options, not just, say, the hurling or the Gaelic football or rugby and, and, and so on, that they can also play it and also do it you know, during the day and be able to have summer camps, which is which is really encouraging to see, and hopefully um, we'll be looking uh, come next year. Uh, a few other clubs will be able to do, look to look to do something like the summer camps also. But um, no, no, this year has been fantastic with partic- participation numbers. Um, uh, there's been uh, a six-fold increase in the amount of uh, youth players uh, starting to play cricket or that are playing youth cricket in the area, which is just which is amazing to see. Really, really something that is, is unexpected and just and just yeah, delighted to be able to see that now. Well, last time you spoke to us, you talked about going into schools in an effort to grow cricket in the area and how crucial that will be for the rise of cricket within our communities in in, in Ireland. Um, Coming up now to the school season getting started, is there any plans that tentatively put in place or is there anything maybe more cemented in place of uh, what you're going to do? Have you been in touch with schools and has there been a, a, a positive response? Yeah, so from the sessions that we would have or that I would have done in uh, April, May, and June, really got some excellent uh, response from them. Uh, kids really enjoyed the cricket, um, and yeah, they, as I said, they just uh, it was just it was just fun and enjoyment for them. And um, yeah, no, and I'm looking to uh, organise uh, school sessions there uh, at the moment, um, and uh, that's been progressing well. So um, yeah, looking forward now come September time to be going back into the schools for sure. And no doubt you're looking forward to being able to kit out in the Bagnallstown Cricket Club gear yourself. How has the club been doing uh, recently on a general note? Yeah, I think uh, on the field probably not as well as we'd like. Um, <laughs> the first team are struggling at the moment and they're bottom of their division in Division 7. Um, and the second team are kind of uh, in the in the lower half of their division. But to be fair, I think uh, 
look, wins and losses, that's just going to happen. Um, the great thing that I found about this season anyway with the club is that there's been a great positive uh, atmosphere around the place and people are looking forward and looking at like we're trying to do here with uh, trying to start a women and girls section um, and that's really encouraging to see, you know, just, just you know, happy people coming down, doing something that they love and um yeah, no, no. Other yeah. than the resource has been a really good season for the club. <laughs> um, one thing that um, kind of gets my goat sometimes, and uh, maybe yourself, is uh, criticism that would be used as on cricket. Maybe could be the reliance on good weather for a game to go ahead. Now, being in Ireland, we don't always get the best of weather. Do you think that criticism is somewhat warranted? And is there a reason why adults, in particular, struggle to get involved due to maybe the frustration nature of games being possibly postponed due to the weather? Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't necessarily think that it's around the weather. Look, um, you know, unfortunately for the cricket that you have to play when it's dry. Um, I would think more just for, uh, I'd say, uh, adult members to, to to be starting or or to get involved in cricket, or even for kids for that matter. It's just the fact that they are actually exposed to the game. Um, like an example that I can use is that, look, um, I went into the KSP um, in Kilkenny there uh, just before the summer holidays, and none of the kids would have really played cricket at all, but the fact that they were exposed to it and that they could say, oh, look, this is another game that can be played and that there is a club locally that can go and actually play it, that they are now actually starting to do that now also, you know. Um, so I think it's more probably just around giving it a go. Um, you know, don't you know some people might have some uh, stigma towards the game, um, which um, I don't probably think is warranted. Uh, and like I said, I think it's more around just giving it a go, having a look, and probably understanding the game a bit more, and then you can see just what a what a fantastic game that it actually is. Yeah, it was funny that you mentioned the KSP. I went there for the first six years before I went to the Dallas Salon. It was my first exposure ever to cricket. Was in that school, and we're going back about twenty years now at this stage. So it, it, it's 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 been here a long time, and it's 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 been building up over the years. I I remember people from Kilkenny Cricket Club coming down showing us how to to play the game. It. That would have been attracted a lot of people. Now, I went into a soccer route. I played basketball for a while. I think I played basketball with yourself, Bernard, for a while as well. But, um, you know, you're getting young people in at a school level. So what are the plans now for the future to continue to grow cricket in the area? Is it a case of reaching as wide of an audience as possible through different events, through different programs, through going to the schools? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think, firstly... um very much for myself is trying to expose the game, you know, at school level, so that kids do have an opportunity to go and actually play it, rather than kids not having, a, not knowing what cricket is about. Um, and then things such as like we did with Carlo Cricket Club, where we do have summer camps. So again, that cricket, uh, kids have a have an opportunity to actually play their sport of choice more during the summer, similar to the other summer camps that go on. Um, I think it's something that's something that is really important. As well as that also, that they are involved in the club, that the clubs are playing against each other uh, at youth level. I think it's great to see that, you know, clubs like Kilkenny and Carlow and Bagnallstown are playing games against each other. So that, again, that there's a bit of local rivalry, which I don't think hurts. But again, they're going, enjoying their game, and hopefully then they're improving. So that, uh, because of that, that'll keep them, keep them in the game. One of the things I'm looking to do come September time is look to try and expose the game into some uh, secondary schools. So again, that it isn't just kind of where they get to sixth class, they've been playing cricket for a few years, and then it kind of stops when they go into secondary school. So hopefully, looking to try and progress that into, um, looking to try and progress that uh, into secondary schools. Then also, so yeah, no, there's lots of things that we're looking to try and do uh, to to try and start it up. 
And probably another thing we might look to do is probably do some indoor cricket. Obviously, that's COVID-dependent with everything that's going on at the moment. But I think that's something that um, certainly uh, clubs can look to try and take advantage of um, instead of just kind of doing outdoor cricket um, during the summer. That you know There are different versions of the game, such as indoor cricket, that can be played, um, which still keeps people involved, say, during the winter. So, yeah, no, lots going on. Exciting things in the cricket world in Kilkenny, Carlo and beyond. Now, very interesting GEA statsman Matthew Hurley discusses getting involved in the GEA through different means, different methods like podcasts and doing the stats online. Welcome back to Scoreline. Now, I'm joined on the line by Matthew Hurley, who runs the GEA Statesman Twitter account, where you can find stats for all key GEA games. The account gives a statistical breakdown of the games that you won't find anywhere else, and it's approaching about 10,000 followers on Instagram now, I think. Matthew is a uh, journalism student at UL, University of Limerick, uh, began in 2019 and has a successful podcast as well with the GEA Statsman podcast. Matthew, thanks very much for taking the time of day. No matter at all, happy to help. Yeah, it's a uh, radio station here. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to to see this kind of effort that goes in behind the scenes for all GEA games. It's something that quite gets lost as we get encompassed in what happens on the pitch. How did you originally come up with the idea to set up the GEA Statsman back in 2019? Like, it must have been something that you saw a gap in the market for. Yeah, look, I, I just downloaded this app, I think it was back in 2017, and I was, I was thinking, look, this is a hobby that I enjoy doing. And then in 2019, there wasn't much statistics accounts on Twitter or Instagram or whatnot, so I just decided, look, I'll start this GA Statsman page and look, see where it goes, really. And I never thought it would go up to 10k followers on Instagram, never thought about that at all, and Look, I decided to do journalism at UL the next year after that, so then I got into a bit of podcasting considering, you know, all the stuff was closed and things like that. So that's how the podcast really started. But the account really, it was down to a hobby that I enjoyed and uh, the game I enjoyed, GA, particularly Gaelic football. I support the Cork Gaelic footballers on a yearly basis and hurling, I really take it up now. You know, Cork are the other point as well, which helps. So, look, it's it was started with a hobby, and now I totally enjoy, you know, promoting stats on games in the honour of the championship or even club or ladies football or Kobe or whatnot. Yeah, and you're, it's, it's 10,000 followers and growing. That's the amazing thing. Um, from going back to the inception of it, was it... Was it something that you felt that didn't have enough kind of focus on in the GEA in a whole throughout the years as maybe it was behind other sports in that regard? Look, um, as regards to other sports, I think I enjoyed soccer, you know, up to up to about, what, about 2015, 2016, you know, when I was younger. But GEA usually took precedence from Darren in because... I think soccer, most people would have been sick with uh, soccer over the last year or so, considering that was all we watched over the last over the last lockdown. Because uh, the Premier League, I thought, was boring enough, to be honest. I thought everybody else thought it was boring. So I think it's absolutely great to have GA back. Even the Six Nations, I thought, was absolutely brilliant having that in February or March, just to have that break from you know the ongoing soccer and the Premier League. I think people got bored of it. So... Look, 
I do, I do enjoy other sports definitely the Olympics you know um, was on in the past few weeks Kelly Harrington obviously winning in the boxing and the Roars doing very well West Cork Roars in Paul O'Donovan and um, Fitz and McCarthy so that helps look look I enjoy other sports as well definitely yeah but um, GA will always be my first love considering you know there's something there's something national about it there's something you know, it's kind of a community effort, like clubs, everybody gets together and everybody is joined together by the G and it's absolutely brilliant that way. And look, long may all sports continue because I think it's absolutely brilliant having sport in our lives, especially, you know, the lockdown we've had and we've had so much sport on in the summer, especially the Olympics and the Euros and whatnot. So it's brilliant to have the GA back, it's brilliant to have sport back in general and long may continue because we're really enjoying it right now. And you mentioned being a big fan of the GEA. You're also a big fan of Cork GEA, I can imagine. Now, we won't mention too much about the game the other day, but uh, as an actual stats man, has that led you to become a bit more analytical when you look at the game? Like, I work in video production, say, so when I'm looking at a film, it kind of brings a different eye to it. You're, you're kind of seeing what goes on behind the scenes as opposed to what's seen in front of you. And sometimes that can be to the detriment of the enjoyment of the actual, say, film or, in your case, a game. So, like, would you enjoy it as much as when you were looking at it as a supporter or did you always have that keen analytical eye? It's a good question, actually. Um, I... I kind of had the analytical approach, you know, as as the stats went on. Like, I was at a game, I think, on Wednesday night. It was between Cork and Limerick in the minor football. And even I was looking at it, Limerick were trouncing us in the third quarter. And I was I was saying to my mom beside me, look, we need the water break to come sooner rather than later. The water break came and then Cork blitzed them after that. Like, you definitely look at the game more analytically. You know, the defensive the defence of errors in the Munster final or I suppose you don't want to mention the Kilkenny game yourself <laughs> as a pro Kilkenny man but look I looked at that game analytically as well the likes of Shane Kingston coming on and you know Robert Downey cleaning up ball in the back line I think you you look at defenders more like if you look at it from a fan's approach I don't think the defenders get the recognition they deserve like Robert Downey's performance last Sunday so that way, I think it's absolutely brilliant that you notice all the players and you notice what's going on 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 the pitch. You know who who's what's the manager going to have up his sleeve, what sweeper system, whatever. And as a stats fan, I, I just see whether a team's playing is sweeper, where there are seven at the back. And look, I, I might not be a fan of that kind of system as a fan, but. If you're taking an analytical approach, it's you know you have to judge the game by its merits and and look look you have you have to take an analytical approach definitely as a statsman. But as a fan, usually you'd be just shocked or county, just oblivious to what's going on. So look, it, it's been an adjustment definitely, but I'm definitely enjoying it the way it is so far. Yeah, well, like it, it does always bring a different dynamic to watching sports as well, or watching whatever medium that you're kind of ingrained in there as a, a job perspective. But like, what you're doing is quite extensive. Like, it's, it's like Sky Sports or something you see on Sky Sports. How do you go about generating the stats? Look, I just, I just record the stats as they go in the as the game goes on, really, and and just promote it afterwards. I think. 
the positional ones got a bit used um, getting used to because you know you don't know whether to swipe left or swipe right to save it for example and you you got used to that over time I suppose the the main stats is easy enough because you're just tapping buttons and saving but usually what I'm doing at the moment is entering and you know where they take place on the pitch whether between the 45 and the 65 or whatnot. I think that was more of a chance to get used to it um, but as I as I did it more over the years I got more used to it and got more confidence so I started doing that I think was I think it was the last lockdown when the Chubb was beginning again I'm not sure was it a hurling game or a football game that I started with but look once you get used to them kind of things, as like anything, if you if you do things over and over again, you'll get used to it, and that's what it is more or less. And look, it means it means um, the stats more more does does more detail as you rightly said there, and I think people enjoy that because because they can they can tell that to their teams at half time or full time or whatever, and they could get the message across, you know, to improve them for the next day out. Like, I'm involved with um, a club team, I'm their statsman, and they find it very handy to, you know, get that information and to improve on the next day, improve on the training ground. And that's probably the main thing with stats, to be honest, in all honesty. So, yeah, the, the main thing is really to get used to what you're doing and do it more and more and you'll get used to it. And look, I got to nearly 10,000 followers and people people saying that my stats are very very informative for a team so so look the the main the main advice I give to anybody starting that kind of account is to keep doing what you're doing keep trying and you'll eventually succeed like we we've seen say with the movie moneyball where they look at stats in baseball and how beneficial that was and we heard like we do a football manager podcast here and football manager in itself is a very statistical based game and that's been utilized throughout the footballing world also so seeing it in GEA was quite a new thing however there is a growing presence online for say GEA analysts that maybe wasn't there before yourself and you have others such as GEA fan TV and really using the online platforms do you think we're going to now see more people like yourself venture into maybe online coverage of the game rather than traditional ways which GEA has been covered for decades now yeah I, I, that's really actually a very good question I just yeah I think I kind of paved the way to you know get people started with this type of account it always takes one to get people to start on a relatively same page and thank God I was the one really to start a statistics kind of page or business or whatever you, whatever you might call it I suppose Shore have been doing stats for the GA for a good few years now. I think it's since 2017, if um, if I'm not mistaken. Like, so there is stats around. I don't think there was stats before I started joining in the fray on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So, look, as I, as I just said there, it always takes one to just start it up and then people to follow on with the relatively same idea. So... So look, it's positive for the future that way. You see, I suppose, rugby, there's a lot of statistics there. Market sports, like you mentioned, baseball, there are a lot of them. Soccer, there's a lot of them going around. Like football daily, I think, is a, 
and one that I watch on YouTube they're connected with Sky and they delve into stats very well in regards to soccer so look it's great that the GE are promoting stats now um, I don't know did it come too early or too late or whatever but the main thing is it's come now and hopefully we will get more statistics accounts like as I said it always takes one to start it up and to drive it on more or less and kind of moving on then from the statistics point of view like we do a lot of podcasts here I mentioned the football manager one we also have a GEA one called the Clash Act and we kind of look through and delve through the history of uh, various different GEA stars from Larry Tompkins uh, down in Cork down your own where I was a recent guest um, but you have a very successful podcast on the 31st episode is it a case of dis- discussing stats and the data from the game or is it more of a general discussion of the games from the weekend preview and upcoming games it's more of, to be honest, just relating to GA topics. Like, when I started the podcast, it was around the end of December last year, and no GA was on for January, February, March, April. So, look, it was it was just a kind of a show where I chatted to various GA legends or GA influencers like I guys. The first guest I had was actually a guy from Donegal, then guys from Dublin, Meath who I knew very well, and they went on to my podcast. The first real star I had in my podcast, more or less, was Daniel Goulding, the Cork footballer, and I looked up to him for years, so it was absolutely brilliant when he said he joined. Like He's a gentleman as well. That's, that's the main thing. You, the good thing about podcasts, I suppose, is you meet these people, you meet your idols, like the likes of Daniel Goulding, Johnny Doyle, Maureen Shoy, Owen Mulligan, these types of people, and you just recognise how lovely they actually are. They, they're just don't hurt people and they're normal people like ourselves and you never think that with you know brilliant GA players gone down the years and that's been very refreshing like I've chatted to loads of guests like I think Marie Shoig has been very interesting you know she she's very passionate about ladies football she wants to get it going and I think that's absolutely brilliant Johnny Doyle like he's played junior football at 41 or something and you, ha- you, ha- you can't question his commitment to the game. It's absolutely unquestionable. Owen Mulligan talking about the Mickey Hart here in Toronto, I think listening to all these stories or listening to GA players' opinions, I think most people listen to the Chrissy McKay podcast and that the Derry footballer was very passionate about Tier 2 or whatnot, which just shows his you know, passion for the county of Derry. So there's a lot of good guests I had on. I suppose now it's probably harder to get guests considering, you know, the championship is beginning, the championship is ongoing and you have to reverse the previews. But then again, it's absolutely brilliant to have people like Daniel Hussey, Patrick Sharpie on to review games considering Daniel Hussey was on Ireland's AM last week, which is a brilliant achievement for him. It probably adds more recognition to my podcast in all honesty as well. So, <laughs> look, it's an absolutely brilliant Especially if you're studying journalism in UL or Maynooth or NUIG, whatever, it's it's an absolutely brilliant business to get into because uh, the sooner you build up a profile, the better, and the more likely people will look at you on your CV for work experience or whatnot. So it's absolutely brilliant that way. You get the experience of talking to these people. You get the experience of making a podcast, of adding your own music, adding your own intros to shorten it, to lengthen it. 
I've learned my lessons as I've gone on, really, since episode 20. I've learned how to shorten the episodes of Smallness, you know, short intro, short confusion. So, look, it's absolutely brilliant that went. I think the, the, the main thing I've got out of this is talk, talking to absolutely brilliant guests, the likes of like Robbie Coyley, that interview actually gone on the Irish Examiner and the Irish Mirror as well. Him talking about Dublin, talking about his roots, you know, going on a journey of Ireland, as he called it, from Dublin to Galway to Tip to Cork. So, look, listening to these stories, it's absolutely brilliant to to hear about them and long may continue with the podcast because it's absolutely brilliant to chat to these GA legends. And uh, just kind of reverting back to Maureen Shoyga, um, obviously Galway star, went and played in the AFL and... But the ladies Gaelic football—it's really kind of reaching that crescendo, uh, crescendo and uh, like it's going to hopefully have a fruit. Like the the whole you know level the playing field campaign with little and stuff like that, you know, really brought light to it. Is that something that you're looking to bring light to as well? Like you work a bit on LGFA um, games also, so is that a passion of yours to highlight the women's game as much as the men's? It would be, yeah. Considering I think LJP is an absolutely brilliant game to watch. Like maybe that's me coming from a coming from a Cork fan. Like Cork have won multiple ladies football titles over the last years. Obviously Dublin have taken over. They're going for five in a row this year. But look, the, the sooner LJP promotes promotes more, the better because it's an absolutely brilliant game to watch. And as Murray Chalk has said in my podcast, they put in more if as much effort as the men's and look look that incident with uh, Cork and Galway last year in the semi final, I think everybody was um, was aware of that and that angered me as a Cork fan, you know, players treated basically like, you know, normal people when they're they're inter county players, much like the men's. And I thought it was absolutely ridiculous the way they were moved to Limerick to Parnell Park and then they were moved to Crow Park on the morning of the game. And the game wasn't even televised that day. Like, like it was absolutely ridiculous. And hopefully the game of NGFA just promotes, promotes more because I think it's an absolutely brilliant game to watch. And there's brilliant work being done by Lidl, by TG Carr, promoting the game even more. And I suppose there's not enough, in my opinion, uh, GA influencers promoting ladies football. And that's a thing that I, I'd really want to do. Kamogi as well because I think they're absolutely brilliant games to watch and the ladies should get as much recognition as the men the amount of work they put in in training if you see their training if you listen to my podcast with Maria Shoy or Ethan McCoy from Armagh or Michelle Ryan from the former Waterford ladies footballer they put in as much effort as the men's footballers and I think they they have to be treated fairly and what I hope to do really you know I promote scores in for the semi finalists a bit like the mains in hurling and Gaelic football and promote stats and games and needs football. Like all I want to do is just promote the game because they in my opinion they deserve as much recognition as the mains do and the amount of work they put in they definitely deserve it. That's my opinion anyway. I know most people would say mains are you know better quality games, but I think ladies football is an absolute brilliant game to watch and it should be treated better, in my opinion, um, treated better than the Cork Galway game last year. I think it's coming to that stage now where, where um, you know, players are getting treated better. They're getting 
you know, pay for their fuel, etc. So hopefully this continues and hopefully they'll get more recognition than they, than they have got in previous years. Well, interestingly that you said that, we were talking to Eddie Kirk, Kenny Legend, uh, just last week, and he was saying that he prefers the ladies' Gaelic football as opposed to the men's. Maybe Dublin's dominance might have something to do with that. Obviously, you mentioned Dublin's dominance on the other side of things as well. But, uh, Matthew, thanks very much for taking the time of day uh, for speaking with us today on Scoreline. If people want to go and check it out, if they're only hearing it for the first time, if they're avid GEA fans, I suppose they aren't only hearing it for the first time, but where can they get up all the stats on the GEA? Oh, so right. Um, you you can find us on J underscore Statsman on Instagram, the same on Twitter, the same on TikTok, and I'm on Facebook as well. So I'm on all them four accounts. And as regards to my podcast, it's on Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor. Um, there's a link in in the the bio of my Twitter to you know to to have the various links you know on on a website of WordPress. So you can press Spotify or Apple or whatever and that but the easiest thing I think is to go onto Google or Spotify and just type GS Satsman Podcast and you'll get it straight away so glad to be on again um, great great radio station you have been Kilkenny and Carlo thanks for having me on and I wish you the best of luck Thanks very much, Matthew. Wish you the best of luck. That's Matthew Hurley from GEA Statsman, studying journalism down in UL. No doubt big and better things are still to come in his future. Stick around here on Scoreline. We're going to take a quick ab break and come back with a bit of music. Interesting discussion there with Matthew Hurley. Foot Golf Union Ireland Player Development Officer John Cleary sat down to discuss the growing of the sport in Kilkenny and further afield. Interesting things there happening in the Foot Golf Union of Ireland. Next up is Formula Woman candidate and Carla Woman Kelsey Kirby on her hopes getting into the motorsport. Yeah, like motorsport now is becoming much more predominant and even Formula One over the last couple of years has kind of come to the forefront after the Netflix documentary of Drive to Survive. And just this competition now is giving women the opportunity to get into motorsport and the opportunities that we might not have had before. So with this competition in itself then, when is it all uh, thrown in or what, what does it encompass? Yeah, so I applied about two months ago. So I have already got the first part under underway, which was an online assessment, which I got full marks in, which was a good way to kind of get my journey started. So the next part for me now is I have um, an on-track assessment in November over in Bedford Autodrome in the UK. So I am training at the moment um, mainly over at Mondello Park with all the instructors there who have been absolutely great with like, just their advice and how they're teaching me and the reassurance and support and everything like that. And then Carton training done over in Kiltorkin Raceway in Kilkenny as well. So it's it's really great like for just knowing the support of like Irish people in general because there's applicants from all over the world, which is absolutely insane. I'm competing against five hundred odd other women across the world for one of six seats, which like if I get one of them would be absolutely life changing. Yeah, it sounds absolutely fantastic. It's it's really interesting, and uh, you know, it it takes a lot for someone to apply for. But what are the conditions of a pl- application? 
Yeah, so all you need to apply for the competition is to be over the age of 17 years old with a full license, full driving license, and to have little to no experience, mainly no experience in motorsport racing or anything of the sort because it's for women who have no experience and are complete amateurs but who have never been able to get into the sport before. So it's a great way for just beginners who never really knew where to start to get their foot in the door. Yeah, it, it's a strange one. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's a, a quite an accessible thing. I know. I suppose you can go out and you can pick up a hurl or something like that and yeah. just get straight into it. So where did your interest in motorsports originate from then? So I got very interested kind of at a young age with more of like the Nitro Circus, the um, like... X Games, Red Bull, X Fighters, things like that. So a lot of like freestyle motorsports. But it was only like over the years I got interested in Formula One. And then you see the W Series now as well. With It's an all-female racing series, like single-seater racing. And just trying over the last year to know where to start, I was kind of looking up ways for women to get into motorsport. And that's how I found this competition. I just found it online. But I put it off for quite a few months actually because I didn't have the confidence um, in myself but it was only when you see kind of everything that's going on in the world and the things that have been happening with COVID and it just kind of reminded me to take every opportunity as it comes and just go for whatever I possibly can because you don't know what's going to happen. Certainly it's quite commendable in in terms of I I suppose there's a cost involved, there's a monetary cost involved. Um, You have sponsorship already, which is really encouraging to see from Elk Recruitment, but are you hoping to kind of gain more support from local businesses? You're based in Carlo yourself to kind of help you with the journey. Yeah, so my first sponsors, Elk Recruitment, have been absolutely amazing. Just the fact that they believed in and kind of got my Formula Woman journey underway, that has been absolutely amazing. But of course, motorsport is expensive, so I, like, just track time, like... Even I invested in my first helmet there the um, about two weeks ago. It's just everything is expensive, but it's worth it in the end when you know that you could possibly be doing something for the rest of your life in this sort of field. And just working with other businesses and companies who could support me along the way would be absolutely amazing. So I'm on the lookout now and hoping to get more sponsors on board that would be willing to help me and work with me along the way um so if anyone would want to support me um you can go over to my instagram kelsey k underscore formula woman or email me at kelsey dot formula woman at outlook.com and when we do up an article uh, later on during the week, we'll have all that information in there as well. So if there is any keen businesses out there that's looking to support, they can uh, hopefully be able to contact you quite easily there. Um, in, in terms of the actual competition itself, then, when does Formula Women start? So it's all kind of underway at the moment. Um, the on-track assessments start next month. And the whole thing is actually being made into a series. It's all going to be televised um, over in the UK and everything. So... They are documenting the entire process, um, all the track assessments. Um, so my assessment is in November, um, so I have until then to get ready. And then after the on-track assessments, final 16 will be picked for um, a shootout for the final six seats. So the top six is what I'm aiming for at the moment and what I'm training for. And that's what I plan to get to for the start of next year.
And where's your prep kind of taking place then for this competition that takes place in the UK? Mandela Park would be the first track that would probably come to most people's minds when they think of motorsport in Ireland. Yeah, so Mandela Park is where I'm doing all my on-track training at the moment because there's, it, it, it's the closest track to me and just, I know the the instructors there are so talented and majority of them are race car drivers themselves, so I'm in great hands over there. So all my on-track training is there and then just in the gym every week and just trying to get as fit as I possibly can. And then a lot of like just watching videos online of other race car drivers and learning how they drive on tracks and stuff. Yeah, that, 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 that's fascinating that you say that because there's probably not a lot of... It doesn't really come into a lot of people's mind, the kind of physical, uh, when you mentioned in the gym, the physical condition that you have to be in. And Why is that the case? What, the, the fitter that you are, why is that the uh, better driver that you are? It, you kind of have to be able to last the length and the race, like, because the races aren't short. You have to be as fit as you possibly can because it is hard on the body racing the cars, and a lot of people don't realize that. You, you look at a race car driver and you think, yeah, they're probably fit, but you don't really see the lengths they go to and the amount of hours they put in training every week, like every day, to be at the level they're at. It's absolutely insane. And even, like, the G-forces on your neck going around the corner, that it all takes a toll on your body, so you need to be as fit as you possibly can. It's, uh, it, it kind of sounds me there, to be honest with you. So, uh, like, how important an initiative is then like this to generate more interest in women's motorsport? Uh, we, we were kind of talking about the accessibility there, and you kind of just have to go for it. But, like, with initiatives like this, this is kind of what got you going in it. Yeah, so m- most people, when you think of motorsport, as terrible as it is, you don't think, like, oh, women in racing. You just kind of see the men at the forefront. But this competition is kind of opening the door for women to get their foot in the door. And you don't see an awful lot of, like, there is so many women getting into motorsport now. Like, Nicole Drought, she's over racing in the UK. She's Irish as well. And she's doing absolutely amazing. But it's so good to see companies um, taking the initiative to help women who want to get into motorsport. And even, like, sim racing. There's so many sim racers who are getting the opportunity, like, uh, insane opportunities at the moment to get into racing as well so the fact that places want to help women is absolutely amazing well yeah kelsey I, I i think it's amazing what you're doing it's amazing that you kind of just took that initiative yourself and put yourself out there and getting into something that not a lot of people would whether male or female it's a it's a very kind of uh, it, it could be dangerous it's uh, i'm sure it's thrilling as well at the same time but we wish you nothing but the best we're looking forward to following your journey here at kclr um we'll have an article up over the week so if any local businesses out there want to help with sponsorship and stuff because it is a truly outstanding thing that you're putting yourself forward for thank you so much and actually part of my uh, assessment is to gather as much media and social media as like coverage as i possibly can so if anyone is on Instagram, please come give me a follow. I'm only one of a handful of Irish women, so it would mean the world to me to have as many Irish people following me online as I possibly can. And that's it here at Score Line Extra. You can tune in live from 2 to 6 every weekend on KCLR to hear myself and the angry young man, Robbie Dowling. Until then, stay safe, stay sane.